Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 12, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 7, and we are at page 89, Paragraph 2. Today's readers are Sue G., Carrie H., and Elaine B. The reference number for Thursday, June 11th, is 7723. That's 7723. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous, a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to start eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your service. This is Sarah W., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understand him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Katie, are you there? Katie? Yes. Is everybody else hearing that weird noise? Katie, I will go ahead and ask Janice M. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning to you, and good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. These are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, 
Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Pass. Thank you, Janice M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 89, paragraph two. Um, I will now ask Sue G to read two paragraphs, uh, paragraph two and three. <laughs> And for the focus of the uh, comments to be on the third paragraph, please. Press star one to unmute. Okay. Um, Sue, are you available to unmute? 
Okay. Um, Harry H., if you're available, if you could please go ahead and read those two paragraphs. Yes, good morning, Katie. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, me. She there? I'm Sue G. I just had to okay. get back on. Sorry. Go ahead, okay, Sue. thank you, Sue. Go ahead, Sue. Thank you. Okay. Life will take on new meaning. And I'm starting on 80, 89, paragraph 2. Life will take on new meaning. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow about up about you, to have a host of friends, this is an experience you must not miss. We know you will not want to miss it. Frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is the bright spot of our lives. Perhaps you are not acquainted with any drinkers who want to recover. You can easily find some by asking a few doctors, ministers, priests, or hospitals. They will be only too glad to assist you. Don't start out as an evangelist or reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. You will be handicapped if you arouse it. Ministers and doctors are competent, and you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. So cooperate, never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. So this is Suji, and today I am very grateful just for today and just for now, for this moment, recovered compulsive overeater. And so I, I like to look at this and to substitute for the alcoholic, the compulsive overeater, that's me. And me is my expectations. And my expectations boils down to the word I. And when I am into I, I have no life because I'm not with any room for attention to anyone else. And so I get back to this idea that what we're really trying to do is to think, To am I being thoughtful? Am I being honest? Am I being intelligent? Is what I'm doing necessary? Is it kind? And I think of these, these advisors, and I think of the doctor advisor, and I think in my own life of, of my husband, who's one of my advisors and a, and a physician, and it's not a secret that there's information available but what do we do with this information? Are we thoughtful about it? Or if I skip back into more about alcoholism on page 37, am, am I going to be shattered and insane by this knowledge that I get from someone else who knows something, who studies something, who learns something? Am I going to say, well, now I know too much, so I'm going to go into hiding? I don't think so. But it says here that what the precise definition of the word may be, we call this plain insanity, and and where was Jim on page 37 and more about alcoholism? You may think it's an extreme case, but it's not far-fetched for this kind of thinking has been characteristic of every single one of us. We have sometimes reflected more than Jim did upon the consequences, and this is where we got lost, with an unawareness of the consequences. But there was always a curious mental phenomenon that paralleled with our sound reasoning there inevitably ran some insanely trivial excuse for taking the first drink. Our sound reasoning failed to hold us in check. The insane idea won out. And there, there is the addiction speaking and the alcoholism and the compulsive overeating speaking. Is, is it going to be the addiction I'm going to listen to or is it going to be some other message that is 
from a higher power. And and every time I'm there, I have a choice. And what is that choice to be? I am the one that has to live with the consequences. And then you have to live with me. And God help you if I'm always not listening to the higher power. Thank you for letting me share. And I pass. Thank you, Sue G. Who would like to share on this third paragraph? The third Sally? paragraph on page Melissa C. Why? Okay, I have Sally A, Melissa C, and there was someone else. Carl Y. Carl Y, as in yellow? That's correct. Okay, great. Um, so we'll have Sally A, Melissa C, and Carl Y. Go ahead, Sally A. Thank you so much, Katie. Thank you so much for your service. Good morning, a vision for you at Sally A in South Jersey. And I just wanted to speak this morning to the very, uh, toward the bottom of this paragraph here where it says, ministers and doctors are competent and you can learn much from them if you wish, but it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics, and in our case, food addicts. And I want to draw your attention to the bottom of page 29 in the big book. It says there, the second, starting with the second sentence, our hope is that many alcoholic men and women desperately in need will see these pages, and we believe that it is only by fully disclosing ourselves and our problems that they will be persuaded to say, yes, I am one of them too. I must have this thing. On the bottom of page 31 sentence, the very first sentence of the last paragraph, we are like men who have lost their legs. They never grow new ones. And what I want to say is, if you're like me, if you're a person who's been desperately trying to have peace of mind and stop the insanity of your mind around food, not just trying to just be sane and sober and eat like a human being and not like an animal hiding in corners and isolating in parking lots underneath street lamps and figuring out how you're going to get a whole other pizza and not draw attention to the fact that you really are not eating like a normal human being. If you're like me and you're a person who has truly lost your legs and recognize that the illness that you have, then you like me, we can be very useful to others like us. I don't know about you guys, but I know for myself that in my experience, not just with the food and in the food, but in my struggle to get out of the quicksand, to get out of the pit of despair around this, not just the food, not just because I was walking around in a body that was over 248 pounds, but I was too scared to get on a scale to see what number I was really at at that point. It wasn't just the fat or the fear about what it was doing to my body. It was knowing that I was out of control and that there was no control to be had and that there was a mental illness going on in my head that I couldn't fix of myself. And there are lots of people like us, and they need people like me and you. You know, they, they see me, and all I have to do is flash them a picture. Hey, this is me three years ago, 90 pounds heavier. And they say, wow, what did you do? Well, I don't want to spit it out in 10 seconds because in 10 seconds I can't say what I did. I say, can we talk? And I make an appointment. And so that's, that's what it says to me this morning on this page. Thanks for letting me share with that iPad. 
Thank you, Sally A. Melissa C., your turn. Good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, it, it's. Um, I find that there are no shortage of um, people. I haven't had to hunt down other compulsive overeaters. And, um, you know, but um, sometimes they're not really identifying themselves yet as a compulsive overeater. And so... I, you know, the whole world seems obsessed with diets and, and weight loss schemes and surgeries and quick fixes. So often, yeah, the conversation starts with, oh, my God, what are you doing or what did you do? And the way that I can be uniquely, uniquely useful is not to focus on what I'm doing, but what I once did. It's in the telling of my story of where I was. The, the the depths that I went to with food, that really is where my story begins. And that's the way that I can be uniquely uniquely useful. Because when I um, disclose that about myself, um, you know, either one of two things either happens. The person, I see a look on their face that um, it's like registering, like, oh, my God, um, the gig is up she must know my secret, you know, and and so sometimes they, they look almost defensive or other times relieved, like, thank you, God, I'm not alone. Or they say things like, um, well, you know what, oh, wow, you really did that. No, I don't have, you know what, I'm not, I'm not there, and um, you know what, I just need moderation. And then that's okay, too. That really might, maybe they don't share my problem, um, or maybe they just haven't recognized it. But the way that I can really be uniquely useful is in being honest about where I've been and um, and not embarrassed and ashamed. And I think back to other times when I have lost weight, I wanted to reinvent myself. I didn't want to be identified internally as as this as a fat person. I wanted to believe that I was cured. Now I'm somehow different. I've regained control, and so I had no obligation to help anybody else because, for God's sake, I help myself, and you know what? You help yourself, and, and you know, that clearly never worked because um, I can have no recovery, um, no peace from the food if I'm not um, really working with myself. And um, so, you know... (laughs) Uniquely, uniquely useful. I'm having a problem saying those words, but um, it's my gift today. Um, you know that my desperation has has become a gift. That it brought me to such a a dark place that now I have something worth sharing with others. And but I'm careful in how I begin the conversation and how I continue because talk of God can be frightening. Um, it was for me, um, but. Um, grateful to know that today. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Carl Y., you're up. Press star one to unmute, please. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Uh, My name is Carl Y., and I'm a gratefully recovered a uh, compulsive old reader from Michigan. Uh, I'd like to comment on that last sentence, namely it 
to be helpful is our only aim. Uh, from that, I learn some very important things about my higher power and also my higher uh, myself. Um, to be helpful is a uh, perhaps the primary description of my higher power, and um, my higher power's way of life as my higher power would like to communicate to me is to be helpful. Uh, and uh, I think that, uh, uh, well, let's put it this way. The third step prayer addresses my creator. And I think that my creator has made me capable of uh, being helpful like others. I think that's an extraordinarily wonderful thing to be capable of loving others just as my higher power does. And I, to me, that indicates how very, very much uh, my higher power is invested in myself. And um, I'm incredibly grateful for that. Thank you. That's, I pass. This is Paula. Thank you. So yeah. Okay, Paula. Anybody else like to get in mind? Barbara B. Melanie C. Vasa. Okay, I have um, Paula D. Melanie C. Uh, well, before, okay, Paula D. Reva P. I think it is. Uh, yeah. Melanie. Vasa O. Yes. Just let me. Um, Read what I got here. Okay, so we'll go with Paula D, Reva P, Melanie C, and Vasa O. Okay, go ahead, Paula D. And thank you. Thank you very much for your service today, and thank God it's Friday. Well, I do that every day. Thank God it's that day. And uh, my name is Paula. I am recovered by and with the grace of God. And I'm going to piggyback a bit here, but my fellow travelers are really good about letting me do that. Because we come to the same place. Isn't that the truth? I'm going to go to the bottom of the page, scooting on right down. Ministers and doctors are competent in that they are. And you can learn much from them if you wish. But it happens that because of your own drinking experience, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics. Only God could do that. Something that everyone else looked at as, oh, no, no, no. Yes, let me show you. The Oxford Movement was a huge movement in this country. I'm only going to speak a moment on it. But they had an audience with Abraham Lincoln, and a huge audience it was, may I add, because Lincoln could see the movement and the power behind it. But what he said, I do not understand your thirst. They don't understand our hunger. That's why I am here with my fellow travelers. That's why we're unique. That's why we can give something, doctors and people, all good. But to come from this place, we do understand. So cooperate. Oh, look at this. Look at what comes together. Never criticize. To be helpful is our only aim. May I tell you, my speak, and I'm going to be mindful of my time, uh, one time in camp I took archery. And it was, oh, I loved it. But it was so much more than I thought. I thought you picked up an arrow, you got the thing, boom, there you go. No. You position yourself. 
in a certain way. You hold the bow in a certain way. There's a tension that you pull back on. The arrow, you must aim it above the target to hit the target. All of that, and then be mindful of the weather conditions around you, or you may say the atmosphere. All of that, to be helpful is our only aim. We aim well here. We learn from and we give to others. No criticizing. For we were where they are. And my prayer is that they will be where I am today, recovered. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity to share. With that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. Reva P., your turn. Good morning. This is Reva P., a recovering compulsive overeater. I, too, would like to share about the last few sentences in this paragraph. Um, I'm focusing on the word be. You can be uniquely useful. And uh, that reminds me, you know, here we are in step 12 where we're going to get um, a lot of pages on specific instructions of how to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who is still suffering. But that word, which I would have never noticed, but when I came into program, reminds me that first I need to be the power of example and have that power of attraction, because it's attraction, not promotion. And that Reva P., we're not hearing you. Press star one to unmute. Do you hear me now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry about that. My name yeah. is Reva P. I'm a compulsive overeater recovering um, in uh, Montreal right now. I wanted to share again on those last few sentences, um, and I wanted to focus on the word be. Uh, we can be uniquely useful. That reminds me that this is a program of attraction, not promotion, and that before I'm going to get instructions here in Step 12 on what to do with the person who is still suffering so that I can carry the message I first have to be a recovered person. And the way I attract people, I'm not one of those Bible thumpers that, you know, tries to get people a lot by the talking. For me, it's about how do I look? You know, am I at a healthy weight? And also, have I had that personality, whole energy, spiritual change And I think for me, that's what attracted me just as much or more so when I first came into program. It was the look in people's eyes. It was the sense of peace and ease uh, within themselves um, and with life. The second thing I wanted to focus on was cooperate, never criticize. Um, And that reminds me that the last part of Step 12 is to practice the program in all my affairs. And right now, uh, with my mother in the hospital, You know, I can criticize all the staff because don't you know, if only they did a better job, my mother would be better. Um, And I can look for, and that was the person I was before um, I practiced the steps, you know, finding every place where people were at fault. Because if only people would behave, um, life would be great and things would go the way I wanted. And now, you know, because of this program, I'm able to see where are the nurses and doctors right Where are they doing a good job? Where can I compliment somebody who's doing a good job? And lo and behold, people do a better job when I focus on their positives um, as opposed to on what's wrong with everything. 
Um, that's all I have to share. Thank you very much, and I pass. Thank you. And now, Melanie C., if you would like to share. Hi, I would. Thanks. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon this morning. I was looking at this, and it does uh, make a lot of sense to me that, of course, the author would write about what their exposure was to finding folks to give away what they were so freely given, you know, the miraculous transformation. They had exposure, you know, to priests and ministers, hospitals and doctors. That was their strongest backers. Um, There's a lot of faith from those communities that uh, was given to alcoholics. And um, and what a gift absolutely that was. But they're giving us a caution on how to approach those those very people. Um, don't go to them as, you know, I've been saved, I've been saved, I'm a reformer, you've got to use me here in your field, you've got to let me in your hospitals and things like that. Um, be careful, be cautious about that sort of approach. You know, Melanie, maintain some humility and come from the angle that, there has been something that's happened to me, and where is it that I can be useful to you? Can I be of service? Where um, would you need my help? You know, in that sort of service and humility, just offering my experience, because that could be much more favorable. I am, in fact, and I mean this in all humility, based on the experience and those that have worked with me, I'm an expert in this particular field because this shouldn't have happened for me. And so I do have something to give, but be very careful. There's a caution here. and and with that in mind, don't go in there and criticizing the work that the doctors have done, the hospitals have done. Don't criticize. So that's great. But I have never had that freedom of exposure to the same kinds of places like that. I don't have the sense in my own experience that that uh, perhaps doctors and hospitals and, and priests support and understand me as a compulsive overeater. That's been my experience anyway. I went to my own personal doctor, and she has never yet offered this as a solution, never yet given my number out to anybody when I have offered that. And perhaps I was a reformer, I don't know, but I thought that I was being humble when I had spoken with her about this. So where do I have my exposure to to uh, compulsive overeaters? Well, I'll tell you something that didn't work. I tried cold calling before um, in the checkout stand at the grocery store, you know, just kind of you know, whatever, and that, that failed, that bombed on me very, very badly, you know, in different places with acquaintances and, and family members, uh, bombed on me badly, and that's just my own personal experience, where I've had my my greatest exposure is just in the, in the humble rooms of, of face-to-face meetings or on the phone of, of OA, and here, especially on A Vision for You, what a tremendous opportunity to come in by, the, by droves in these rooms to to seek help and looking for this places to be of service just here on the line and, and reach out. They come and give their phone numbers away, my goodness gracious, and they're desperately looking for sponsors. And, and so I'm grateful for that and just wanted to offer that kind of information um, in terms of, of where I've been able to find my, my greatest uh, pool of people that are desperate enough to seek out what has been so freely given to me. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Melanie. Uh, Vasa O, your turn. My turn, Katie. Vasa? Yes. Thank you. I didn't hear you. Good morning, everyone. And thank you, Katie, for your service. And I'm grateful we have a compulsive reader I'm calling from uh, Foxborough, Massachusetts. And I cannot find a better place than helping people than getting other meetings like we do every morning, the vision for you. All the instruction, the solution, it's laid out right here. 
and uh, I, I, I can't find anybody that can do a better job, doctors or lawyers or anybody else. So I'm so grateful to God that he put the person in my life to help me um, with the big book, with the, with the 12 steps. Um, uh, and I, this is my, um, my journey, too. This is uh, what I do to help others. Uh, um, that are damaging themselves or are that, dying, uh, that are dying from this horrible di- disease or damaging their bodies like I did, you know. And I thank God that God brought me into the, into the 12 steps. I had shared the other day, I had taken my brother to the doctors, and then I went back and I had a chat with his wife. And boy, she, I mean, she has needed this program for years, and she knows what I, I took her to a few meetings, like 25 years ago. And she, is, she did come. It wasn't for her. Well, you know, she's, she's struggling. She says, boy, you look so good. I said, yeah, you know what I do. You know, I said, come, come with me someday. She, she says, oh, she said, I don't need much. I, you know, I don't need much. Well, you know, I was afraid to say something to people because I didn't want to hurt their feelings, you know. Well, I, you know, again, I said, you know what? You don't look like that because you're not eating, you know. And I, and, and I just said, you are welcome to come with me if you want to. She's not willing. It's too much work, you know. Well, she is where she is. It's because of her own doing. There is help out there, you know. She doesn't want it. She'd rather eat, stay home, isolate. But anyways, I can move to the next person that's willing, that wants the help. Yes, the doctors don't want to promote this. They want to keep us sick. That's how they make money. But anyways, I did, years ago, I did tell my doctor what I was doing, and I brought a pamphlet and left some in his office. He hasn't mentioned, mentioned to me, you know, are you still going there? Are you looking good? You're, you're healthy? And, you know, everything is awesome when I go to the doctors, you know. And he says, boy, you know. But I don't bring it up to him. I don't say, oh, this is because this is what I've been doing over the years. He's not, he doesn't want to hear it. He probably wants to hear my problems. I'm sick and suffering. Give me the medication. Give me that surgery. Well, he's not getting that from me. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. I'd like to jump in here for a minute. I'm Katie Up, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, and I just wanted to focus on the words who want to recover. That is such a key factor because certainly in our culture in the United States of America, people have way too much food available to them. There's uh, statistics now that say that um, something they put into processed foods actually creates a craving or addiction that, you know, even the most normal person can't just have one and um, you know but that does not mean that every fat person that I see walking down the street wants to recover so you know I share my program with whoever is interested I am never you know shy about saying what I do um, if they're interested and 
know, as it was yesterday, I, I was on a job interview, and um, I had two very difficult questions with the first person I met with. Um, one of them was, what do you do with, what do you like to do with your spare time? <laughs> and, you know, I, I named a few things, and, and then I said, and I um, like to help people. I have a lot of friends, and uh, we support each other on the phone. And I left it at that, and, you know, I just had to laugh, laugh at that, but that is the fact that I know so many people who want to recover. And, you know, um, and then I just wanted to focus on this other sentence that says um, you can be uniquely useful to other alcoholics because of our experience, you know. And I got married um, seven years into recovery and had um, two stepchildren when I got married. And I found over the years of raising those two little girls and then having two more children of my own that when I was having a hard time, if I was talking to someone who did not have stepchildren, I did not really, you know, appreciate what they had to say. Like, they just didn't understand the difference. And so I had to find people, and I could, because we are a huge fellowship and everybody has situations, who had stepchildren. And then I could, you know, we could help each other through that. It's the same way with Every single thing that has come up in my life in the last 27 years that I've been abstinent, I have been able to find someone who's uniquely able to help me through whatever it is I'm going through. You know, I don't um, go to the butcher to talk about my allergies any more than I, you know, uh, go to the bank to buy milk. I mean, and that's what we do. We help each other through our unique experiences. And the number one unique experience that we all have who are recovered on this line is that we have figured out a way to put down the food and keep it down through the help of God, and we don't ever have to pick it back up. And with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share on this paragraph before we move on? Barbara Okay, I heard Barbara, Anita J, and Larry K. Anybody else? Okay, Barbara, go ahead. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Massachusetts. And in looking at this paragraph and in looking at being uniquely useful, uh, it just actually reinforces my experience coming to OA after years and years of going, as it says, well-meaning people to doctors, to clergy people, to therapists, and they were competent, and they tried to help me, but they couldn't because they could tell me what to do, they could give me books to read about what to do, but they didn't share my experience in the disease, and therefore I couldn't get into recovery with them. But coming into my first... OA meeting where I heard people and saw people who did what I did, but they weren't doing it anymore. They weren't doing it with the food, and they weren't sitting in anger and self-pity and resentment. And that's when I began to feel hope, and that's when I began recovery, because I had people who could be uniquely useful to me, not people who meant well and were just telling me what to do. And I need to be reminded, and I want to remember that, and this certainly this passage re- reminds me that 
in dealing with people, my experience in working with others is that they need to, after they tell me what they're going through, they need to know that I've been there too. So I understand. So it gives me credibility so that what I'm doing today is not foreign to them. It doesn't seem unattainable to them. The 12 steps doesn't seem unattainable because we begin relating with step one. And, and that's a great reminder to be uniquely useful in that way. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. And Anita J., it's your turn. Thank you. You can hear me, correct? Yes, ma'am. All righty. Hi. This is Anita J. Um, grateful to all of you, all of you who do service. And um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. And um, who knew that my greatest, um, I thought of as handicap or shame here, taking so many years to finally understand what this program was all about would be my greatest asset. Because I thought I was, you know how, well, I always thought I identified with terminally unique. And... um, because so many people in the room seem to get it. They had that back-to-back, back-to-back. Not everybody, you know? And that was my only aim then. Now my only aim is to be helpful to show uh, what these steps can do for you, these life-changing steps, not just in how you look and your behavior around food, but your behavior around human beings and other people. And um, it's interesting that with all the face-to-face meetings I've gone to in different states and, you know, all over Massachusetts, um, uh, seeing glowing faces or seeing whatever and slim waistlines or whatever, that never did what I've got now. And now I don't even know what anybody looks like. I only know what they sound like, and they sound different. Just uh, sometimes at meetings I just close my eyes and listen, and um, I can hear the recovery. I can hear it. And it's just such an exciting place to live and to be helpful, to be part of the solution you know, somebody close to me, really, really close, you can't get much closer, is listening now. And I don't know what's going to happen. Only God knows. And um, it's it's just a privilege just to be on the other end, on the other side, and help people that, yes, this is a bridge to know. This is not a bridge to nowhere. I think there is one here somewhere in Michigan. But... um. This is a bridge to recovery and a new life, and to be part of it uh, is uh, such a privilege. And uh, with that, I'm going to just pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anita J. Larry K., your turn. Thanks so much. Um, Larry K., recovered compostable reader from Chicago. You know, it, 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 when we're looking at uh, carrying this message, um, you know, I'm reminded that. You know, this program is not for for people who want it uh, because there's lots of people who wanted it and who want it. It's not for people who need it. It would seem rational that it would be for people who need it and who want it. 
it's it's only for people who do it. And uh, I wanted it. I certainly needed it. For a long, long time, I was unwilling to do it. I need to be reminded of that when I try to carry the message and where I take the message and so forth, because I, I get the privilege of talking to people. You may too. Uh, I, 365 days a year, all from people that come to this program. And, um, you know, and not everyone wants it. Um, some people want it. Most want it. Most need it. But very few, it's been my experience, are willing to do it. And that's all that's really required is that we do it. Uh, that, that's all that's required. It's quite simple. You know, I, Bill Wilson, he, he went into, you know, if we look at our history, he went in early on, you know, how did he carry the message? He would go into saloons and bar rooms and, you know, drag people out. That that would be the, the equivalent of me walking into uh, Walmart or, 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 or Dunkin' Donuts or what have you and pulling people out. That's not, you know, how I carry the message. He wasn't too successful with that approach. Those people certainly wanted the message. They, 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 they probably needed the message. They, they weren't willing to do what what needed to be done in order to receive um, this miracle, this gift. And this gift, this miracle, for me, is a an alignment being brought into an alignment with with the higher power of my own understanding. Um, and you know, once I was, you know, once we the spiritual malady is overcome. Well, of course we straighten out mentally and physically. Duh, <laughs> right? You know, so uh, that, that's when I carry the message today, it's just, um, you know, it's it's people who are willing to do it. And if they're not, that's okay. I'm still here to love them, you know, when they're ready, if they're ready. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Santa H., anybody else? We have time for about three people. Leanne. Alice M. Okay, great. Perfect. Santa H., Leanne, and Alice M. Go ahead, Santa. Okay, thank you, Katie, and I apologize for interrupting. Uh, This is Santa H., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, I just want to share a little bit on my experience with this paragraph. And I also like what my fellows been sharing on it being uniquely useful. That word uniquely um, just stood out for me today. And for me, that means I'm really being guided by my higher power as to when to speak and not to speak. Uh, one experience for me with my therapist I've been seeing, I was just thinking about this almost four years now, and this is someone who has seen me at my worst have seen me at my best, see me at my highest weight, and see me at my lowest weight, and all points in between. And I can tell you, as I was going through this process, she was not, she was not on my chilling squat. And it was very difficult. But from that experience and what recovery has done for me is that now, today, um, I oftentimes find myself talking about the philosophy of the steps without even using the words. And I'm seeing over a course of the last two years how just focusing on a concept, she has been more readily to be receiving as to what I have to say. And even I don't um, offer literature anymore. Um, She comes to me and has asked me, do you have anything on on OA? And, And 
that's when I find myself to be useful today. And and even she has shared with me the frustration of the obesity of her clients. And I just say to her, we're just seed planters. That's it. We're just seed planters. We, I just, we just plant the seed and let higher power um, do what he is as he will with them, with the information that we give them. And, and, and I now see how... <laughs> You know, I'm being helpful to my therapist who used to be so helpful to me and how it goes back and forth with that. And then, you know, people I come across, I went shopping the other day um, and someone, a place I've been shopping for four years, the lady came out and she said, I can tell you lost a lot of weight. What is your secret? And higher power at that moment did not give me words to say. She said, are you juicing? And I said, no, I'm not. And I just proceeded with a smile and went on my day. Because sometimes higher power does not say for me to say anything. I, I felt at that moment ego was going to be stepping in. But I will be going back in that store again, and I will see her again. And if higher power prompts me to say and share, that's how I do. And, I, I mean, food is such a huge topic in our society. So I'm constantly around, surrounded by people wanting to talk about food. But I make sure that I'm guided by my higher power as to the words to say and when to say it and how to say it. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Santa. Leanne, your turn. Hi, this is Leanne um, from Florida, recovered for today. <clears throat> and um, we've heard a lot on this today, which really there's not a whole lot more to say. But um, I remember learning on here how uniquely useful we are, kind of like a cancer surgeon doctor. Um, who else has experienced the depth? And um, when we read Bill's story, um, the first thing we read in that book, it's like it must have been such a an amazing thing for those low-bottom alcoholics to read in such detail the hell he went through and how he shared every gory detail about it. I think it must have given them so much hope and I have to remember that, you know, if when I'm qualifying at the meet, at a meeting, the word helpful, just to keep that word helpful plastered around my head because the gory details of my anorexia and the, the depths of it are, you know, necessary to share for that reason, to be helpful. And sometimes I feel like totally exposed and completely self-conscious and other times my ego wants to take over and look how bad I was or all of that, and just to remember that word, um, because that's, you know, what I've learned on here, and that's my purpose in my life today. You know, I sometimes, like someone else was sharing, what do you do in your spare time? I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, <laughs> what spare time? It's like all, like it's my life, my program is my life, because I I, I crave it, I need it. Without it, I I don't think I'd be al- I, I would not be able to be alive, and um so that's what came to my mind, you know, the way Bill shared his his depth in such detail is, is sometimes what I what I'm called to do. Not always, but um, like somebody was just saying, you know, when we're prompted, and who else could understand what it feels like to do it again? You were that low, you know. You ate something off the bottom of your shoe, and you know you did it again after feeling so horrible about yourself, and to be stuck in the mud and live in the mud for so, so long, um, and then to be able to be rescued from that from that place 
and to tell somebody how it happened to me, um, wow, you know, that's the service that was done for me. It was just, it's just amazing. So with that, I pass. And thank you so much, everybody, for all your great comments. It's really helpful. I pass. Thank you. Leanne, Alice M., your turn. You'll be our thank final you. show for this morning. Thank you. This is Alice M., a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Florida. And I'm um, in a line that says, don't start out as an evangelist or a reformer. Unfortunately, a lot of prejudice exists. And, um, you know, unfortunately, many people still do this. And, um, you know, it turns, it, it turns many people away, and it turned me away. You know, to come on really strong with religion and the God and um, instead of just their experience, their, their, I want to hear their experience. You know, I don't, some of the other stuff is not as helpful to me. Um, and, you know, I, I need to be aware of when I am doing this today. I mean, I'm an atheist, but I can still do this in, in, a, in a way also, you know, because I work a format of OA that has requirements around the tools and guidelines around sponsoring and being a sponsor that, you know, provide me with the structure I need. There, you know, it's, it's been a part of, of the path that has saved my life today. And so I get very overzealous about it and want to promote it with people. They call me off the line and I'll say, well, this is what I do. And this is, this is, that's my experience. And I need to know that not everybody needs to do it that way. You know, it's part of what's transforming my life today, you know, but it's not necessarily what would be helpful to someone else. And they don't necessarily want to know all that. Maybe they just need to, the way I need to be helpful is to just share, um, share my path. And, and this is what I've done. This is what, this is just what I've done. This is what I've come to. And, um, you know, it says, but I can, I can identify with that. I just get very overzealous with thinking, you know, because something has really helped me that I think, well, then this is the way I need to spread this. It's very important that I get this information out when it is not. You know, it's just very important that I continue doing this in my life, period. Um, and where it says, because of your own drinking drinking um, experience, you can be uniquely useful to other um, alcoholics. And for me, um, you know, we all share a common disease around our, you know, obsession and compulsion around overeating, undereating. It's, you know, it's around the food and body image. And, um, but, I, but I'm also... Um, a, a bulimic, you know, a binge vomiting bulimic, and I can be uniquely useful to other binge vomiting bulimics just as they have been for me. You know, um, I needed to, I, and like, I, I have no experience around being obese. I have no experience around losing great amounts of weight. I have experience around working the steps. I can share that. Um, but to be helpful to people that are in that position, I often say I have no experience. I cannot identify with that aspect of this. And let me, are you interested in connecting with people that, that do have that experience? Um, and I can give you, you know, check and make sure I, you know, check with them and I can give their numbers out. And that is, that is, is how I can be most helpful to everybody is to first, you know, be humble, admit, you know, feel some humility that, you know, a lot of my message, a lot of my story, a lot of my path is not helpful to everybody, but it is helpful to to some. And just like other people's um, stories are not necessarily always 
you know, going to be helpful to me. But but um, that's the wonderful thing about this fellowship is that there's just a myriad of different experiences that, you know, it's 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 like Googling. You know, if you have a problem with something, you can Google it and someone will tell you someone that is having that same problem and got through it abstinently and by working the steps. And and that's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm uh, I'm just really glad to be abstinent and be working the steps and to be um, willing to, to live this AA way of life today. And I pass. Thank you so much, Alice. Um, and thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, Terry H., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, thanks, Katie, for your service. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Terry H., recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. Our book is meant to be suggested only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.